Welcome to the Healing Trauma as a Christian Mama podcast. We are your trauma mamas. My name is Danielle Elizabeth. And my name is Kelsey. And here we want to be a safe space to look at what it's like to be a Christian woman healing trauma. We want to integrate our Christian faith with psychology and trauma modalities while giving you tools and skills to support your growth and healing. Let's get into today's episode. All right. Hello, everybody. Kelsey is back with us. I'm so excited. I feel like um, I got very used to talking to someone. And so when I was recording a few by myself, I was like, I'm laughing by myself. I'm like laughing at myself. And <laughs> just like, wow, I'm really used to this being a conversation. <laughs> well, you did great. And I'm glad I'm glad to be back. I'm thankful. Thank you for having me back. And Yes. Um, okay, so we are going to continue in this um, series on grief and grief is like, you love, not you love grief. You love, <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad way to say that you love like bringing awareness to it, speaking about it and like supporting people through it is kind of a better way to put that. I, I would say. <laughs> yes, no, it's fine. I I understand what you're saying. Um, It's yeah. It's just, we've experienced it. I've experienced it. You've experienced it, but yeah, like bringing awareness to it, I think is very, a much needed topic. So I'm glad that we're doing this. Yes. So today we're going to talk about, so last week, and if you didn't listen to the last episode, we had an amazing woman, Amber on, who is like the grief expert in my opinion. (laughs) And we talked about grief after loss. So like when you lose a person, um, you know, and mainly in death is what we were really talking about and she had some amazing support stuff like books and you know sympathy cards she's coming out with these like um sympathy boxes and stuff so I really feel like that was such an amazing episode but what we want to address today and talk about today is grief without loss so kind of on the other side of grief of grieving things like you know job loss relationships that end um you know let we'll get into some some more examples but just to just to get that idea out there so far of what is grief without loss right or like without like a death right because we so much associate grieving with losing someone's like life right right yep it's very common to think that way and people don't understand the devastation of like you said a few of the examples of you know losing a job or losing a home or losing um an income or whatever that's the same thing mm-hmm. as job you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and but it's it's i mean it is a little bit different right because like a job can be like our, our jobs can get really tied up to our identity as well right so it's like the loss of a job or like maybe that was your dream job that you kind of thought you were going to do forever so losing that and then losing income also is like they are they are they can be separated i think even into two categories there yeah um what was i gonna say the um i think also people almost feel I don't know, guilty or maybe even some shame about grieving these things without this loss. Like it's like, you feel like, am I allowed to be this? Like we understand, I think that we can be upset because I think anger is an easy like emotion to express. And people also 
will validate that, right? Like you can really justify like, oh, you lost that job that you have every right to be angry or, you know, that relationship ended for sure, be upset. But I think internally we kind of struggle with like how to grieve those things because we're like, we look at these, you know, these, these losses that on such a monumental level, like you lost a, someone lost a life. That is such a, you know, that top level of grief. And it is absolutely. I think that like, if I was going to like, not that I want to categorize grief or put it on a, you know, on a hierarchy for sure. The loss of life is just so final and intense and, and monumental, but I think we get stuck feeling like are we allowed to grieve or don't even actually see the importance of grieving these other things because we don't see them on as that like you know big big loss and so and I think both of us can really attest to the fact that like you really can't skip this grief process even for these quote-unquote smaller things um, because if you do you don't actually walk yourself through that like that real healing process and you can like you know that's where resentment and bitterness and anger really like grow in our heart and and we get stuck with it so that grief process actually i personally think is so important for any of these examples that we will talk about um today right i agree 100 with that because and like you said, us bringing awareness to it, like, cause some people, you know, they're afraid of what others may think while they're grieving, but they also may not understand that there is a grieving process for a lot of these, like, mm -hmm. you know, so they're like bringing awareness to the actual person who has experienced a loss and then people surrounding the people and maybe coming alongside of them. Yes. So I'll give you a few examples that I can come up with off the top of my head. So we talked a lot about or a little bit about like loss of job, loss of income, loss of a relationship, loss of a marriage, um, you know, and that the relationship one is almost like, you know, that can spiral just so many different things because it can be like a loss of a friendship. It can be a loss of like, you know, co um, co-work relationships that mm -hmm. you're really close with. Um, and then you can get in like, or like family members. Um, and then you can get into kind of like the, relationship like a romantic relationship um whether that's like a breakup um whether that's kind of compiled with like you know betrayal and you know infidelity and stuff that adds on to that grief process um and so so there's that within relationships um but really it could also just be like because it's not just like only the relationship you would lose right it's also like the hope that you had for the future of that relationship, right? Um, and so I think that that's a piece of it as well that maybe gets um, engulfed in like, like let's say there's a breakup and everyone's like, you know, trying to say all the things that can maybe are trying to help you, right? Like, oh, like you're better off or you're gonna find someone else or whatever. But it's also like grieving that loss of that person, but also like the hope of what you wanted for the future. Yes. Very much so. Um, yeah, like loss of like the happy memories that now might be like tainted by, you know, if something happened that, you know, especially like if we're looking at this from like a relationship perspective, right? Like if something happened of why you, why that relationship ended that was negative, 
you know, it like, it impacts how you even look back on things, which then it just gets very, you know, complicated. Um, and that's where I think people really get lost in this grief process because it's, it like, it's like, there's just really no cookie cutter way to grieve, right? Like everyone grieves differently. And in, in what we're talking about today, it's like everyone's grieving something completely different. I think this pandemic actually really highlighted so much of this yeah. of this exact area of like loss, right? Because it, it started to become loss of freedoms, loss of just like our ability to like go and do what we wanted in life. Loss of like people did lose jobs. People did lose. Like I remember just the loss of my normal life. Like that was honestly huge. Like I all of a sudden had kids home when I was not used to having kids home. Like I lost my ability to be even productive. I lost like, you know, even just like my motivation to, you know, want to do something bigger with my life because it just felt so all of a sudden everything was just collapsing around me. Um, and yeah, like what, what, what comes up for you and you think about even just the past two years of like different things that came up that you're like, wow, I didn't even realize maybe that there was, there was a grief process needing to be taking place there. Well, I mean, as far as like, you know, the, the pandemic and stuff, we, we are in an area where, you know, it, it didn't seem like it was, was so affected, which it wasn't compared to like the rest of the world, but like, yeah, like, I mean, there was just, um, just loss of freedom as far as like my kids go, um, mm -hmm. like just, you know, we, it just seemed not as, um, welcoming. I don't know. It's just, mm -hmm. it just, it was just, if that's even the right word, like people just were different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, and, and it's like, it's like that loss of freedom, but then loss of just like, yeah, like normal society. Like, I think yeah. that's like kind of what you're saying too, right? Like, it's like all of a sudden, you're not walking through, let's say a street and people are like, oh, hi, like, you know, or like, it's like, people are like, stay away from me. Or even like the, even like with the masks, it's like, you know, just the loss of just like, you know, being smiled at by people. It's like, I, like there were aspects of what this pandemic brought out that like, I would have never thought would have been so impactful. Like just even though that, that example is like not smiling at people, like you're not seeing people smile at you just as you're at your grocery store and stuff. It was just like, it really was just this loss of normal life. And I think that so many people didn't see that that brought them into a grief process because it didn't, it wouldn't like, it just wasn't the same context of like, I just lost someone, right? Like, or I just, or someone ever, there's other people that have it worse than me, right? Like, at least I didn't lose my job or at least I didn't lose this or at least like, right. So it was like hard to really be like, you know, and, and then there was, everyone responded to it differently, right? So some people are like, well, let's just be happy with what we have. And then other people are like, you know, on that justice of like, yeah, this is wrong. And so let's operate out of the anger of it, which is, interesting because it's all part of that like the the yeah. grief actually is got a lot of that stuff in it right so it's like you know even that bargaining stage of just like can we get this back can we fight for our freedom and you know get this normalcy sense of normalcy back um and if you're it's, it's also interesting like what you said like where you are 
I think actually like really impacted the, what the last few years looked like in that, because um, at, like different, you know, states and countries and whatnot, like all really experienced this pandemic very differently. So like where I am in Canada and even like the province I'm in in Canada, like we literally until I want to say like the like this well for sure this year like I don't even know I'm always like what month are we in like we're in June <laughs> we're in June I, I don't even know when it was probably like I don't know maybe March or something like that like it was in the I think it was like in the spring and that was like the first time we were ever out of like any type of like like we had never had masks like this the whole pandemic never had masks taken off we like we never had like um any like freedoms ever given back like we actually just went through like lockdown and then we get like out of lockdown and then we go back into lockdown back in like into lockdown and it was funny we went to my parents live in Florida half the year and they spent most of the pandemic there and we went to visit them and my kids were just like wow like <laughs> there's no COVID here I'm like yeah no not really but it was like just such a significant like difference and so it, it really showed me how different like because I even went to different provinces like during different times of like the past two years and they had just different rules and different restrictions and stuff and it was like it really showed you how different people experience this pandemic yeah I mean you and I, I think, are night and day with our experiences with with all of it, because here in Montana, like it was, <laughs> I mean, like we were not affected like at all. And we live really, really rural anyways. So my kids like literally never had a mask on and we homeschool, obviously. But right. um, so but but I feel like when you're talking about this, it's like I grieve for you because of the loss right. that you experienced. So there's another aspect to all of that too is just like, oh my gosh, I cannot, I cannot even imagine. And I grieve for the people who were very, very much affected by it. Like, yeah, know. I remember like, cause where I was like, anytime anything happened, you'd have to like go into isolation. And I remember like, so the beginning of the year for me, definitely one of my most worst mental health weeks of my life, because it was just like, you just kept getting hit and you just couldn't get back up. Like every time you like, we're like, oh my gosh, okay, I can send the kids back to school. It was like, oh my gosh, my kid coughed and everyone's home again. Like, it was yeah. just, and I remember like having conversations with you and you were just like, oh, like, I, like, I know yeah. there's nothing I can do, but like, I literally like, just want to even validate how hard this is. Like, and I think actually like speaking about that too, it's like, I think that there are important things that we can do for ourselves and for other people well, when they're grieving things that don't, we might not even see as making sense, right? Like if someone like, someone's like, you know, exiting a really toxic relationship and we did not like that relationship and we did not like the person who was hurting our friend, you know, we're right. almost, we might be happy that they're not together, right? Because we see the, we see the freedom that they can find, but that will be very invalidating if we approach it with that, right? Like we still need to like support them in like their sadness and their, you know, their, their own grief process in that. And, and we can still, I say this a lot to people because I think this is like a little bit um, misunderstood. It's like, we can validate people without necessarily completely agreeing with them. 
right? Like validating is not saying, I agree with everything you're saying. It's more saying like, I see you, I hear you and what you're feeling is okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean we have to agree on the bigger picture of something. Doesn't mean I can agree with like maybe even the, the situation at hand, but I can still see you in that. I can still see and validate your emotions and how you're like feeling about it. Um, and, and I, yeah, I remember having a conversation with someone recently and cause they really didn't agree with something that, that someone was doing. And I was like, they were upset. The other person was upset because they were feeling so unseen and unheard by them. And I was trying to explain, like, you can still do that. You could still, you know, you might not, you might not even think the person is like, you know, what they're grieving is worth grieving, but it's like to that person, it, it is important. It is like, it feels heavy. It feels like they need to grieve that. And so we can, you know, just sit with them in that. We don't have to like, I think the biggest piece of grief on, on loss or not loss of like, not loss of life. Um, it's like, we can't fix it most of the time as an outsider, right? Like when someone loses someone or someone, you know, maybe loses a job or loses a relationship or, or all of these things that we're talking about today, we still can't fix that for the majority of the time. Maybe like, you know, 0.1%, <laughs> you could like, you know, get the, give them another job or you can like really actually do something. But a lot of times, and, and I think the biggest piece, and this is even what Amber spoke to last week too, it's like, I'm not coming to you to fix it, right? Like if, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're talking to people who are supporting you, it's like, I'm not coming to you to fix it. I know you can't fix it. I'm not asking or expecting you to fix it, but I think the, the process of supporting someone or being supported in the, in grief is like, just sit with me, like, just like sit with me in it. And the, I think the hardest part for us as a culture is we don't, we are, we struggle with our own big emotions. So to like sit with someone else in their, in their emotions, in their big emotions of grief without fixing it is super hard. It's super, super hard. Yes. <laughs> Cause you always want to fix or you always want to, fix. cause I like, I mean, I, the past year months sorry I've been in my own really challenging relationship struggles and I see this like firsthand all the time like if people kind of like find out or trying or coming into support like it's like there's always this element of like how can I fix this how can I help you how can I do something and it's like been interesting to be on the other side of it knowing like there is literally nothing you can do like you you cannot like even if you did all the things that you think would be like helpful right now, it would not impact the big picture of the situation. And, and I don't need that, but it's hard to say that to people too, right? Like, I think that's like the hard part of, of the grief process too, to like say to someone else, like, I don't need you to do that. Like, I don't need you to try and fix this because yeah. that just could bring on more, more negative emotions and conflict and all of this stuff. So it's almost like we just let people, I think, do what they feel like they need to do to support us. But that's hard because it takes us away from our own process when we're just, you know, trying to like appease other people's, you know, ways of supporting us. I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but. No, that's, that's good. And like I said, it's like people don't, it's, it's an awkward 
situation. Like they want to be there. They want to support you, but they're like, okay, well, what can I do? And they're probably like, this is probably not the best thing to say or the best thing to do, but like, I have to do something because I can't just sit like, you know, like you're saying it's, it's just really hard. And then you as the, the person who's grieving is like, I just want you to sit, but it's also kind of uncomfortable too. If someone's just sitting there, you know, it's just like, it's a really yeah. just uncomfortable situation for all around. Yeah. But And I think there is an element of it that is good to like actually help someone process, right? Like, like if you think about like right. loss of a job, loss of a, of a thing, it's like, you know, I think the most important piece and the beginning piece is always to like validate and just sit with them and be with them. And then if you're going to offer more, it's like a letting them the, the griever, let's call the person grieving the griever, um, the like the reins in the sense of like how much they want you to speak into something. But if they are open to it, it's like you can help them process like, okay, like, well, what are your next steps? Like, do you want to try and find another job? Like, maybe we could like, you know, let's like, I can help you apply or do you want to help with your resume or, you know, like, wh what can I do? Um, but I think it's like, A, it's like, we can't start there because I think that when we start there, it validates their, yes. their, where they're at, but it's like, you can get to that point. I think if, as the process goes, I think you can get to that point of being like, Hey, can I help you with some tangible things here? What can I do to help you, you know, move past this? But I think it just has to be led by the griever saying like opening that door to be like, yes, like well, I need help with my resume and I don't know how to do that. Like, right. Like rather than like, um, you coming in to save the day. Cause I think when we are in that fixer mode, it's like, there's a subconscious part of us that wants to be almost like the hero of the story as well. Like I'm, I'm coming in to save you and like, you know, swoop in and be the one that has the idea that's going to change it all. And it's almost like, we have to let that part go to truly like support someone in their hard moment. Yes. I, what, what kind of came to mind was like, obviously there's no timeline for grieving at all. Um, and like you said, just validate them in the beginning, but yet you don't want them to stay stuck or stay yeah, there. Right. But that's when, like you said, you come in and you ask questions. Don't like come out with statements. It's more like questions. Like, mm, I like that. What can we do now? Instead of like, Hey, let's go do this now. Instead of yes. there's just, there's a yeah. big difference between there is. And I love, I love that. And I remember in our, like, and even in our trauma course, one of the big themes is like, get curious, like not like not making those statements, but getting curious about like investigating more about something right so like not like let's go do this but like what could you do what what are other passions do you have in life like maybe maybe this is an opportunity for you to do that you know open that bakery you've always wanted like you know what I mean like really that was my example yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also as I'm talking I'm like you know a big one is as a mom it's like grieving the life you used to have grieving them the mother you thought you were going to be grieving, like the kids you thought you were going to have, like, you know, like when all of these things don't line up, it's like, you know, even grieving, like the, the idea of what mom life was to you. Right. Like, it's like, because that's such an ongoing one. Like, it's just not this one event. Like, whereas like we're, when we're talking about some of these other ones of like these events, like I lost a job, I lost a relationship, I lost, but there's these other 
pieces of or areas of grief where it's like, you know, it's like, you know, these longer, like, it's just not like this one time, like, oh, I'm just grieving the loss of like the life I used to have, or I'm grieving the fact that, you know, I have a child who is way more strong-willed or has more needs than I was in like anticipating going into motherhood with, or, you know, all of these different things within like your quote unquote mom life that there really is grief in that. I've experienced it. Like, I mean, so much in my like motherhood journey for sure. Absolutely. I, I can contest to that. Just, I mean, just having you know, four children and one child, you know, not living in my home. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of grief with that. Um, because just, just because of the difficulty of the whole situation relationship wise and all that too. So I, I, I understand. Um, and then, like you said, I don't know, this isn't the same thing, but like, we'll just say like a child, maybe who has a lot of health issues. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of that comes with that because you're, you know, a lot of attention probably goes towards that child. And then the other children, you know, and you just like yep. the fact that you're not maybe as quote unquote good of a mom to them as you are to the other one, you know, it's just, yeah, it's really hard. yeah, that's a good example because I mean, there's probably so much grief in that, in the sense of like the grief that I'm not being the mom I, I can be because I just cannot, I don't have a human doesn't have the capability to do all of that. And then I'm also grieving this heart breaking situation for my child who's you know, has these health issues as well. Right. Like, um, and I think also it's like in those situations, like you just go into survival, like when in these longer ones that we're talking about and like in these two kind of examples, but there's so many examples like this, it's like you're in survival mode so much that you can't even get into the grief process because we always think of grief, I guess, to after, uh, after the fact. Right. But in these examples that we're talking about, it's like, it's such an ongoing thing. Like, it's not like your motherhood journey ends and then you grieve the mother you or the life you used to have had or the the like all the different parts of mom life that you you know are grieving it's like you're still in it right like it's still happening on a daily basis and it's like really hard to to work through that process as it's literally happening yeah because a lot of times like you said you don't even recognize it as what it is you're just like like you're in survival mode you're trying to figure out just what the next step is, you know? And yeah, absolutely. I really actually appreciate this conversation. And I think let's leave it on this piece of, on this fact here with a little bit of hope. Cause we try and do that. We try and talk about these really hard things. And then like at the very end, be like, here's some hope on this. As well. So listen all the way through. <laughs> I know. Yeah, seriously. Um, is that the last phase or step or whatever of, of grief is like this acceptance phase. And it doesn't mean that there's not hurt there still, that you're not sad about that loss, that you're not, um, but I think it gives you this freedom to also move forward, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so I think about this in this mom life example that I was talking about, because I have gotten to like, and I talk to women all the time because I think the loss of our old life is a big one for moms, especially like the beginning of your motherhood journey, right? Like, it's just such a like 180 of like, oh, I had all this time freedom. I had like my body to myself. I had like all this stuff. And all of a sudden you're just like, I have lost everything. And I'm so in the thick of it because you've got, 
this baby or babies that literally depend on you for like survival of like physically and emotionally. Um, and I, it's interesting in this example, because it's almost like you have to, you, like I was saying, you walk through that grief process as it's happening, but you can actually get to the point where you're just like, I accept that this is my life now. I accept that that life is gone and I can make a new wonderful life here. And yes, it's not going to look the same, but, and that frees you up to then be like open to this, what this mom life will be. Right. And then even like with like the loss of a relationship or the loss of a job, it's like you, as you go through that grief and then you get to this acceptance, it's not that I'm, I'm happy that I lost the job or I'm, I, I don't miss that person anymore. But now that I'm at the acceptance phase, I can actually free myself up to be like, okay, what's next, you know, and what, or like, I'm open to meeting someone else. I'm open to a new job. Like I'm, I'm, so I think that that acceptance piece is, is really so crucial in the grief process. And the hard part of, of it is that you can't rush yourself there. Like you can't even get yourself there really on your own. Like it's like a, it is such a process and a journey to get yourself to that like acceptance phase of it. Um, so that's hard because we're like, you know, give me the five steps. I will do them so I can get there. Like that was like me at the beginning of my like own healing journey. I was like talking to my counselor. I'm just, just tell me what to do. I will do it. And I will get through the steps. I will check the boxes. And she was like, that is not how this works. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Come on. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that that, even though we can't rush ourselves there, I think we will get there. If we continue on the journey, we stay committed to allowing, because the whole grief process, if you think about the, all the steps of it, of like, you know, the anger and, you know, all of that, it's really allowing the emotions to be a process, to be felt. And the more you don't feel them, so like you find coping strategies that push them down, you will stay in the grief process so much longer because you really can't get to that acceptance phase without like allowing all of the feelings to be dealt with. Yes. Oh gosh, that's so that's so good. And like you said, everything is on its own timeline, but it, there's so much hope in it. And obviously we will tie in the Lord with that because he is sovereign. And, um, you know, you, you know, you don't just say everything happens for a reason, which is, is a hard one for people to understand too, especially in loss. But I really do believe that the Lord is, is tied into all of this as well. And he will, mm -hmm. he will walk alongside you and, and help you with, with the journey. So. Yes, absolutely. And I think even, even the hard parts of it that we think that we couldn't bring to God, like the anger and the, all the feelings of the negative feelings. But I think that there's, I'm, I don't know how to word this to tie this all together because I, it, it's in my head, it's working, but I don't know if it will come out the same way <laughs> because he, like, he wants us to bring this to him so that the bitterness and the, and the anger and the resentment doesn't grow in our hearts because he knows how damaging that is to our hearts and you see all the time you know people who are like 20 50 years later from like you know being betrayed by someone or hurt by a relationship or cheated on or something and they are still like you almost are like you are just as mad today that you are you were back then like you have never let that go because it's almost like you got stuck in the grief 
process. Like, and you just got stuck in anger and you never like moved on from that, even though you, you know, moved on. But I think the, the piece about like why it's important to bring it to God is because he can also reveal the things that, so if we're like, you know, maybe 20 years past, let's say a loss of, you know, something, let's say it's a relationship, right? It's like, we're really good at like pretending we're okay. And, and really like pushing down, like we've found these, we've, we're like, are, we're so smart at finding these coping skills that make us escape and, and avoid and numb and all of this stuff. But, and so we could go on for years and years and years and years and years like just, you know, thinking we're, we've moved past it, thinking we've grieved something, we've moved on and whatever. And then we get into like, you know, a similar relationship or a similar whatever. And we're so triggered because we really didn't process it all. But I think where, where bringing God into it too is so valuable. Not that he's, it's not valuable as a whole on its, on its own is that it really, it's like shining a light on the areas that we need to work on. And sometimes that comes through circumstances. Sometimes that does come through, like we get into a situation that's so similar that does trigger us so that we can see it. But I just feel like um, the times that I feel like I've really seen where more grief needs to be taken place is when he's shone that flashlight on that crack and been like, we need to go back here. We need to go over here and like do some more work because you might feel like you've, you've worked through this, but like there are still ramifications from that that are impacting your daily life now. Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. Stuff that you don't. Yeah. Like you said, it shines the light on the something that is like, oh, okay. Now I, now I kind of understand why I'm reacting this way and let's move yeah. forward with that. Or, you yeah. Know, I mean, and we can not- go back and, and we can go back and literally regrieve that in a sense right like and go through that grief process and get ourselves to that acceptance place where then we can truly like let it go and so that's where it's like those sayings like let go and let god in some areas some ways are good but in some ways it's like it's just not that simple either like we have to kind of do some of that work to be able to truly let it go authentically yep yep it needs to be processed and, and, and out, but, well, there is so much hope with, with all of it too. I mean, if you really are determined to work through it though, cause obviously there's, it is an individual yeah. uh, process. So it, it is. Yes. But so I hope we did leave some hope here that, <laughs> that, you know, you can get to that place. Um, and also just like highlighted the importance of, you know, getting stuck in any of the parts of it without fully processing it right like how how it can really be so impactful if if we don't get to that you know complete the cycle or complete the process that um it really can start to wreak havoc on on our like daily life now okay Thank you for listening to today's episode. We always leave it on the same note, asking you this very important question. Do you have the support you need in your healing process? If the answer is no, reach out to anyone, including us, because it is a lie that you need to stay stuck. Healing is available and possible for you.
Have a great week.